In Jesus' name we pray. How many people have been blessed truly? Yes, it's time for us to thank God and appreciate Him because indeed He has done us well. So let's take one or two songs before we go into the world. Have your way, O Lord. Have your way, have your way, O Lord. Holy Spirit, have your way, have your way, O Lord. Have your way, have your way, O Lord. Father, have your way, have your way, O Lord. Have your way, have your way, O Lord. Baba, have your way, have your way, O Lord. Have your way, have your way. I want you to pray that no matter what scheme of the enemy that has been concocted to prevent you from benefiting from the message God has for you today, that God, in His infinite mercy, the compassionate God, we annul that scheme in Jesus' name. There is no doubt that there is something God has packaged for you. But if the enemy, if the prince of Persia, if the principalities in the air prevented you from hearing, prevented you from keying into what God has for you, how shall it benefit you, my brother and my sister? So I want you to pray, Lord, send a word to me today. Nothing shall stop your word from reaching me today. If there be any sin, if there be any iniquity, if there be any encumbrance of sin, whatsoever it may be that want to stand in the way, that God of infinite mercy will remove it, that God will take it away. Whatever want to prevent you from benefiting maximally from what God has packaged for you today, that the Holy Spirit will remove it. The Spirit will come and remove it. The anointing that breaks the yoke will break that yoke that the enemy has put on you to Continue to hear and not understand. God will make sure he steps into that situation. God will make sure he reveals himself to you in a new dimension today. God will ensure that that he has proposed concerning you. That that he has spoken concerning you. That which ear have not heard. That which no eye have seen. That he has packaged for you. He will reveal it unto you today. And you begin to walk in the newness of life that God wants to give you. Pray, 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 brethren. Pray, 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 brethren. Pray, brethren. Pass me not to gentle sea, if you hear my humble cry. While on orders thou art falling, do not pass me by. Savior, 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 hear my humble cry. While on orders thou art calling, do not pass me cry unto him brethren and stretch forth your hands and pray that God don't pass me by today because I know there is blessing you have abundant for your people there is something you want to do in the garden of your people you did not call them to serve you in vain you have not made us hewers of stone or drawers of water you have made us a royal priesthood, a peculiar nation. You chose us, oh my father, we did not choose you. While we were lost in our ignorance, you stretch forth your hand and draw us to yourself. Don't pass me by today, O oh Lord. Don't pass me by in your blessing today, O oh my father. 
send a word to me, O oh my Father. Touch me like never before. Fill me with a fresh breath of anointing. Fill me, O oh Holy Spirit. Let your name be glorified today. Let the blessing be permanent in my life today, O oh my Father. You are the God that does not share your glory with no man. Let it be so, O oh my Father, that you will honor and glorify yourself today. Breathe upon us a fresh breath of anointing. The anointing to share the word, the anointing to receive the word, the anointing to understand the word, the anointing to go and do the word, the anointing, O oh my Father, to fulfill our days. Grant unto us this hour, O oh my Father. Thank you, O my Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, King of Glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. I want you to greet one or two people and say, Welcome to the presence of your Father. Before you have your seat. One or two people, welcome to the presence of your Father. Welcome to the presence of your Father. Please have your seat in the presence of the Lord. An elderly pastor, the rabbi, said they qualified them, went to the countryside to visit a friend of his from the seminary. So, on a Sunday, he had a wonderful sermon. He preached. And after the service, they said, oh, it's a little hot. Let's take a bicycle ride into the woods. So these two elderly gentlemen, they took the bicycle ride into the woods. And then they saw very clear water, you know, after a little bit of sweat. They said, oh, we can quickly have a shower before we return. Yeah. So they removed their clothes and put it by the bicycle where they passed. And then they went into the water and had a nice swim, you know. And shortly, they had chatter of some young girls coming to the stream. So they quickly ran out of the water. And then they were running to their clothes and their bicycle. And the rabbi covered his face when he was running. Luckily for them, the young girls did not see them, so they got to their clothes on time. And then they put on their clothes. So when they were riding back, the pastor asked the rabbi, By the way, why did you cover your clothes when you were running? He said, I don't know for you in your congregation. But in my own congregation, it's my face they will recognize first. Nobody likes to be caught naked. Right? So that brings us to the title of today. Holiness unto the Lord. I hope you caught the gist. Yes. The other pastor was covering himself and running, but the rabbi covered his face. After all, you see a naked man running and you don't know who he is. You can't tell whether he's your pastor or not. Holiness unto the Lord. That is our title for today. We've heard about Holy Bible, the Holy Communion. We sang the song, Holy is His Name. We know there's a song, Holy, Holy, Holy. We know about the Holy Spirit. We talk about Holy Garments. In short, when we talk about holiness, maybe we refer to the Pope. He's probably the only one that can qualify as being holy. Or maybe we think of people who are teetotaler. They don't touch alcohol at all. Maybe those are the holy people. Or people who don't even wear makeup or don't put in earrings and coat. There are various ways that we tend to think holiness means. Or when we talk about being holy, what it means to us. What does it mean? What does it suggest to you to be holy? In the Bible, there are about 700 times that the word holy, holiest, Holiness, hallowed, hallow was mentioned. So certainly, it's an important word. Right. And God has a reason for it. Now, I want you to take, turn to the text. The text for the message is from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2. God has brought a people who are lost in slavery, out from slavery, and has chosen them to be his own people. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2. He has brought these people out 
and has chosen them as his own people. He now asks the leader to tell them, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. How many people know that we are the chosen of today? The message is for us. God made that declaration to you that you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. I'm sure some people's hearts just keep a beat when I made that declaration. Because the average believer feel threatened or seem to feel threatened by the idea of holiness. He tend to see it as something unapproachable. No. It's a demanding standard of life that seems to be well beyond him. So there is that challenge that they tend to feel that I'm not sure it can be. But that is not true. It is not feelings. It is the facts that we are going to examine by God's grace this hour. The Holy Spirit desires to bring each of us to complete personhood. Okay? It's a practical pursuit that we have to partner with the Holy Spirit to make us whole or holy. That is what holiness is really about. Wholeness. Okay? What the Holy Spirit is up to is bringing the whole life of Jesus Christ into the whole of our personalities so that the whole love of God can be relayed to the whole world. I want to take that again. The Holy Spirit is desiring to bring the whole life of Jesus Christ into the whole of our personalities so that the whole love of God can be shared with the whole world. That is why he chose us. So the word holy is derived from the medieval English word, hal, H-A-L. It's an 11th century word and the contemporary words that came out of that is health, hail, Whole and holy. So, holiness is definitely more than some spiritual, esoteric attribute. It relates more than just the invisible. It involves the completion in all parts of the human being. The Holy Spirit rebuilds you to the depths of your being. You are a lot deeper than you could probably understand. There are certain things you get to learn about yourself as you grow, you know, maybe when you now can afford to buy a car without having to plan for three months, without having to save for one year, there are certain things that begin to come out of you which you don't know before that you belong. Right? So that's the story of one elderly gentleman. He was backing his Rolls Royce into the only available space in the parking lot. And this red zippy sports car zooming behind him is an convertible. So and a young man just jumped out of the car and said, Sorry, Pops, you have to be young and smart to do this. The old man just didn't answer him. He continued to back the car. And then the car, the Roosevelt started pressing on the sports car and then started squeezing it until it squashed the sports car. So the young man just stood there and was just looking. And then the old man gently came down. Sorry, son, you have to be old and rich to do this. Your spirit can be revived to live a life that God wants you to live. Your soul can be restored in mind and emotions to make you whole. And your physical body, habits, and conditions can be disciplined. Recovering to well-being has to be kept healthy. That doesn't look like far more desirable goal, even a practical attainable reality. Isn't it? God wants to make us holy just as He is. Because both times, holiness and sanctification have become smoother than religious language, we must uncover the truth of holiness and 
If holiness is God's goal for us, we will be able to see how he alone can help us to accomplish it. I'm sure you won't ask your child to do something that you yourself know he cannot do. Right? You won't ask your child who is maybe two years old to go and carry this Roland uh, instrument here. You know you can't carry it. So God cannot ask you to do that which he, God, knows you are not able to do. So if he asks you to do this, to make it your goal, it's because he knows you have what it takes to do it. Right? When you see a little child, a young girl, one year old, God already can see how that child will become a mother, how that child will become a grandmother. But it doesn't look obvious. It's not like when the child is old, is 23 years old, they now have to take her back into the mother to go and start developing all the features. Right from day one that God made that child, he already put in the child everything that will enable the child to become what God wants it to be. Right? So at the right time, each of those things will be manifesting. At the right time, she'll become a mature young lady. At the right time, she'll get married. At the right time, she'll be able to bear children. At the right time, she will stop bearing children and only enjoy her life with her husband, going on different ministry trips. Isn't it? Yeah, that is the way it is. So God has everything programmed in the child right from the beginning. Just like he has you set to live a life that he wants it to be and he made, it, made sure that you have to be holy because he's holy. Now let's turn to First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 and see what Apostle Paul prayed for us here. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Paul prays for the believers in Thessalonica. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. So we know we are three parts in one. So the world reveals three aspects of sanctification or holiness, right? Which is a full recovery of the three-part nature of man, the spirit, the soul, and the body. Holiness and sanctification is for now. Holiness and sanctification is something God himself will do in you. And holiness and sanctification involve your peace, your completeness, and your wholeness. In verse 24, he said, God is faithful. Who will do it? We saw that song. We had that song, Faithful God. Right? We thought, Holy unto God. Faithful God. It's God that said he wants you to be holy. And it's God that is faithful to make you holy in these three parts. Praise the Lord. In short, God is ready to do everything he can to put you fully together, starting today. So God has something special he wants to do, and he's set to do it, even starting today. That's why we have to pray that prayer, that he will not pass us by when it's time come for him to drop that message that will change our life forever in our hearts. So may the God of peace sanctify you. May the God of peace sanctify you. The essential idea of a reign, which is peace, is unity of fragments or separated parts being brought together. It's a promise relevant to our own broken hearts. Many of us have been broken in many areas. We have been hurt, we have been wounded, we have been tortured, tormented in many aspects. And God is the one that can put all these things together so that emotionally you become whole. You become whole. You cannot be no longer be tormented and harassed by any of those things. Praise the Lord. The phrase, holy as he is holy, is far from being a prohibitive summer or something we cannot attain. It gives us a glimpse into the Father's heart and his desire for us. Right? In, it was used first in the book of Leviticus, like we read, when he was giving them the rule. In Leviticus 11.44, I'll just read it here. For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate and sanctify yourselves, 
and you shall be holy for I am holy. And Jesus also used it in essence in Matthew chapter 5 verse 48 that therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So these are both Old Testament and New Testament someone calling you and me to be perfect. How can this be? How can we possibly measure up? Because he's not asking us to be like our pastor. He's not asking you to be like me. I'm one person that he's still also training in the process of making me holy and perfect. He's asking you to be like him. Right? You shall be perfect as he is perfect. So it's a call that is intended to beget hope. Instead of producing fear and condemnation in us whenever we hear it. Right? We should have that in our mind. This call is for us to have hope in him. Rather than us being afraid and scared to come into his presence because he's such a holy God. We will never really great ground until our sense of failure before we start gets broken. Let us not fear that we have been defeated already, even before we start making any attempt to, be, to live a holy life. Right? If the walls of our personalities are going to be rebuilt, so we must come to a place of comfort and confidence, whereby we have that assurance that this goal can be fulfilled. What God wants to do in us, he can do it. So that's going to be able to rebuild our world of personalities. There's nothing that hinders the pursuit of holiness more than the sense of condemnation when you want to come to God's presence. Right? Which includes guilt, unworthiness, impossibility, and about ever being able to truly measure up to God's standard. We have that sense which God wants to remove in us first. If we must understand the truth, then we must understand that holiness has been secured by God by virtue of the death of His Son, Jesus Christ. Because by that perfect sacrifice He made, He has perfected for us and secured us forever, those that have been saved. So, anybody here today that has not given his life to Christ doesn't even have a reference point to start talking about living and being holy unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. So that's why I believe nobody will leave his presence today without at least giving your life to Christ. That's the starting point. The standards of the highest cost in the universe is the court of God. And he regards you as holy when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Right? That's where it was decided. It was not decided by man. It was not decided by the king here on earth. Was divided by him. So God's word also gets specific about holiness in practice. He wants us to get on with lives that are lived holily. He wants us to live a life and practice a holy conduct. I want my brother to take the um, mic and read this passage for us. It's going to be a long passage you want to read. He wants us to practice that holiness in conduct as he, God, has taken it upon himself to be teaching us on how to live holy. So we are going to look at a classic example in the Bible. So let's turn our Bible to Genesis chapter 20, verse 1 to 18. Is it on? Genesis chapter 20, verse 1 to 18. I want somebody to read it for us. I want us to look at Abimelech, the king of Gerah how God chose to teach him to be holy so that we can learn from it. I want you to please read it very fast. Genesis chapter 20 from verse 1. From there, from there, from there journeyed towards the territory of Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. And he sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a tree by night and said to him, Behold, 
you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, she is my sister? And she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart, and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then, return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you, and you shall leave. But if you do not return her, Know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. Praise the Lord. Let's take a break there. Abraham went into a territory and he said, surely these people don't fear God. So he chose to tell a half-truth. I don't want to say our father lied. Right? Because Sarah actually was his father's daughter, but not his mother's daughter. Right? So, Sarah was Abraham's sister, half-sister. And he said, the honor you will do for me, my dear sister, is to tell these people that you are my sister. Don't let them know that we are husband and wife, because they don't fear God, so that they don't kill me because of you. And truly, to type, the king asked them to bring the woman to be his wife. No, we have those kings, those days, they just put their leg on any beautiful woman, and that is it. So, become their wife. And then God went to him in the dream of the night. He was asleep in the night. And God said, you are a dead man, Abimelech. Because this man's wife you have taken, you are going to die. And he said, God... The man himself told me he's my sister. And the woman herself confirmed he's my, he's my brother. So I've not done anything wrong. He said, yes, I know. That's why I've come to you. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. When you give your life to Christ and you come to God, this is what God takes upon himself to do for you. To withhold you from sinning against him. He knew everything that happened. Abimelech did not really do wrong. But I want you to now read to, to go again to verse 7. And now therefore restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, if God tells you to do something, and you do not do it, then it now has consequence. Praise the Lord. Know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. See? So this is how God trained us to be holy. He saw the conspiracy that even Abraham and Sarah had made against Abimelech. And God stepped in. Abraham that said there is no God in this place. How come God will go to their king and talk to their king in a dream? And the king will respond to God. And the king will be talking to God. How wrong we are sometimes when we judge people. That these people, they are godless. You know, because they don't serve God the way we serve God. Hmm? But God knows. The yardstick he used to measure each person depends on what he has put in that person. And it's very, very unique. Right? To some people, he will go the extra mile of making them to serve him in different capacities before they can really recognize that God is moving. And to some others, like Elijah in that village, after he has fought with 450 prophets of Baal, he said, nobody is having God. He's the only one that is left. And God said, there are 7,000 people in this village that has not worshipped Baal, has not bowed down their head to him, because God knows them. God is training each and every one of us to be holy like him, God is. Praise the Lord. In the interest of time, maybe we will not read the rest of the story. I will just kind of summarize it. Because eventually, Abimelech obeyed. He gathered all his people, his whole household, and told them what happened. 
share with them how he had the dream and what God said to him and how he has to restore this man's wife. And then the man prayed for him. He said, what do you mean by doing this? What do you mean by bringing this kind of cause upon us? Why will you come and tell us lie that this woman is your sister and not your wife? Praise the Lord. God will help us indeed in Jesus' name. That's why God will not leave us a minute. Every moment of the day, He's there with us by His Spirit. No, we are in the dispensation of the Spirit. He no longer, we no longer need to wait until we get to a church and then they invoke the Spirit of God. But He's living in us. Every decision, every thought, He weighs it and He guides you and He tells you. And that is the process of making you holy, just like He is holy. So it implies growth. So we grow into holiness that Jesus has provided for us. So once we grasp this, we are on our way to understanding, be holy as he is holy in a new way. You shall be perfect just as your father in heaven is perfect. It was not solely a commandment, but more of a promise. Because many of us know we still have our flaws. And we even know the celebrated apostle Paul. See, there was no condition that he has prayed for on record that did not get their solution, except his own situation. He has an infirmity in him. He prayed about it three times. And God said, this infirmity, I'm leaving it there for your own sake, because my grace is sufficient for you, right, to overcome despite this infirmity. It's a unique way that God trains everybody. Praise the Lord. And that's what makes you so unique. Sure, God didn't have a duplicate of anyone. Right? We are such a unique mold. Our fingerprints are unique. Our eyes are unique. Right? Our eyes. They now take the picture of the eyes because that's what they use for identification. Our voices. Many things about us are so unique because He deals with us as unique individuals that He wants to conform to His own image. He wants to be made holy like Him. So we come to understand two important points. Holiness is God's changeless nature. And secondly, His promise about our new nature. So He brings us to a settled confidence about the future. That is the future God we are approaching to be, and this is us that are on our path to be like God. So is that, holiness is that attribute of God which He preserves by his own integrity. So God never needs to be reminded to be good. He never needs to be reminded to be loving or to learn to be wise. We sang the song, Wonderful God. He never needs to be reminded you have to be wonderful to these people, God. No. He has already attained that attribute. He has been in that attribute. He's not growing into that attribute. So that is what made him to continuously able to do good all the time for us, his children. And I said, he's angry with the wicked every day because they don't want to change and come to his knowledge. So that's why I know by God's grace, nobody here will be termed wicked by the end of the day in Jesus' name. Because whatever it takes God to bring us to his saving grace, he's willing to go ahead and do it. So, by holiness, he guarantees the changeless integrity of his own being. And what does that mean for you? He will never be without love for you. Right? He will never be less than merciful to you. He will never be anything other than just. And he's set to remake you. To remake you so that you can reflect his integrity of being in your own personality and actions, just like him. Ecclesiastes said that God made men simple, but they have sought out many devices. So he is set to mold you and remake you so that you can come back and be like him. In Micah chapter 6, verse 8, let's reopen it quickly. What does the Lord require from you? I want my brother to read it. Micah chapter 6 verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you 
but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. To do, to do justly because he's a just God, to love kindly because he is a kind God, and to walk humbly with your God because pride can lead us to miss it like Lucifer missed it at the beginning. So that's what God requires from you. He's such a loving father. This is what he has set before you. This is what he wants you to do towards attaining that goal he has for you. I don't need to tell you that the human personality falls short of God's integrity of character. We all know that already. That our integrity has been shattered, has been smashed, has been damaged, has been reduced to far less than what it was made to be. We know that. We don't need to emphasize it. But the good news is that we don't have to remain that way. Right? He has sent us the Savior. Right? And He comes not only to forgive us, but also to restore us to our position. His plan to give birth to each of us all over again and through His new birth, to place us in the new seed, so it's like a new genetic principle. That even though when you are old, you get a new seed in you, and then you can be born again. In First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, we are to be born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God that lives and abides forever. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23. And First John chapter 3, verse 6 and 9 says, First John chapter 3, verse 6 and 9, No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Verse 9, no one born of God makes the practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Praise the Lord. He cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. No one who is born of God keeps on sinning. You know how it used to be. When you hear these things, you want to give up. Oh, I think I'm born of God, but this said, if you are, you don't sin. But sometimes I still do. I don't want to, but I do. I love the world, but I'm trying to be holy. But I sin. Why? But I cannot keep on sinning. I don't get good at it. It pains me. It knocks me down. It makes me feel bad and terrible. Because that is no longer the nature I can exhibit. There was this day, I tried to sleep about 11 o'clock. I normally go to bed by 11 p.m. So I wake up like 5, 5.30. But I couldn't sleep. So I got up, I went to the internet. And then I saw an old friend of mine on Facebook. And we started chatting. And I chatted till about 1.30 a.m. Before we finally left and I went to sleep. So the next morning, I barely woke up around 6.30, just getting ready to go to work. So I didn't have my quiet time. So on the way, God now said, you can chat with your friend for two hours. But you can't have quiet time of 30 minutes or one hour with me. I started speaking in tongues and begging. So at the end of the day, I now made a promise that any day now, I can't get to sleep by around 11.30, I won't go to the internet. I'll go and be praying. So that if I pray till after 12 or 1, I know I've prayed the morning's prayer already. Even if I wake up early or very late, it's already settled. This is sometimes how God trains us. He saw me when I was chatting with my friend. He didn't talk about it. After I finished chatting, I went to bed. I said, ah, I've seen this friend. Long ago, it was okay. But the next morning, when I was going to work, he now reminded me. Right? And then, that's the way it is. Anytime I go to bed at 11 or 11.30, I'm not asleep. I go to the roof of the house and I'm just praying. I won't go to the internet because of the temptation. So that's how God molds us and teaches us. Haunting words like, he who sins is of the devil. So you ask, since I am not sinless, yet am I really saved? So in reality, I must be of the devil? No. Sometimes this generates repeated trips to the altar. You are giving your life to Christ. You are born again. And then every time you hear a powerful message, you are caught to the heart. Maybe I should just go there and give my life again, just to be sure. Then you go to the altar again and give your life. How many people have done that before? 
Or maybe we can't raise up our hands. But I know I've done that a number of times. Right? You hear a powerful, wonderful message say, Oh, I'm so touched. Maybe I didn't, I'm not really saved. I'm not sure. Let me go to the altar again, at least to be sure. And it gets to a point whereby you keep feeling like maybe it's only in the front of the altar you can really be secured and saved. Because once you go out, some things happen. Isn't it? Like, you make a promise, God, I will never do this again. And then, you are challenged. You have to eat your words. Suppose there is a woman who is beaten by her husband. She's in an abusive relationship. I'm sure none of us men here beat our wives. Isn't it? Praise the Lord. So, she's in such an abusive relationship. And the husband has threatened because he's so jealous and possessive of her that if you dare to leave me, I'm going to kill you and kill myself. So he could, she couldn't take the beating anymore. And then she confided in her friend that I'm going to run to the women's shelter. I can't take it anymore. So she ran. One day, one day the man came back from work. She couldn't find her. She has left the house to the women's center, which is a center that they created for women who are in a business to, to protect them. If the husband come to the friend and say, do you know where my wife is? What will she say? I don't know. But she's lying. A child of God is not supposed to lie. And if you say, she has run to the women's center, and then the husband went there and killed her and killed himself, what would the woman do? So sometimes God understands we can be in some very difficult situations. When God asks prophet to go to the house of Jesus and anoint a man I found myself. His prophet Samuel said, no God, I can't go. If Saul hears it, he will kill me. How can the prophet of God be telling God that if Saul hears that I went to anoint David, Saul is going to kill me. Should he be afraid of Saul? He should be af- rather be afraid of God. But God said, okay, I understand. Go. And when you get there, tell them you have come to worship. Don't say you have come to anoint somebody. So sometimes, God doesn't want us to make that promise. I will never do this. Because in your own flesh, you cannot accomplish much. That's why Jesus Christ said, without me, you can do nothing. Absolutely. Don't put any trust in the flesh. Seek to trust God. Who will intervene if it means coming to you in a dream, like he did to Abimelech. Right? And tell you, my dear son, don't go that path. Okay? It will not end good. Right? Don't go that path. Say we hear a voice behind you that tells you this is the way to go. Follow it. That's the voice of the Holy Spirit that he has put here on earth with us. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. That's why he didn't leave us to the devices of the world. Praise the Lord. Whoever is born of God does not keep on sinning. Right? The chapter immediately proceeding already established the idea that it's only by the help of the Spirit of Jesus that we can grow in our ability to resist sin. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world. Praise the Lord. We have an advocate with the Father. Right? He has written to us that we may not sin. He does not want us to sin. He doesn't want us to toy with sin. Yet there is the Spirit of God that is going to point it out to us so that He will prevent us from committing sin. Sin. We know when we are in the world how we felt justified to put people in their place if they say anything negative against us. How we felt justified to get back at people, you know, get our own pound of flesh for whatever they did wrong to us. But these days, as you grow in the Lord, people will offend you and you will just overlook it and go your way. Why? Because God is conforming you to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. God is building that holiness in you, whereby in your body, in your flesh, you are whole, you are complete, you are healthy. In your emotions, you have his absolute peace. There is nothing any man will do that will stress you or give you distress in any way. And then spiritually, with him, you are secured because he 
has made you holy. Praise the Lord. So the more we grow, the harder it gets to keep the same way we did before. It's more and more difficult for you to do the same thing that you used to do because you are growing in the Lord. The word of God that speaks to you is a living word. It continues to grow, continues to connect with other things you have had here and there and continues to bring you up into His wholeness. Praise the Lord. So that's what it means. Whoever is born of God does not want to keep on sealing because God has planted His seed in you. God's seed is in you. He, said, he says, I bet you into my life and therefore the attributes of my personality will be forthcoming in you. Praise the Lord. Holiness his holy nature is progressively going to fill my broken, weak, and damaged parts. So the character and constancy of my Father will grow in me. Praise the Lord. So why will the Holy Spirit not rest? How long will it take Him to bring us to that image that He wants? Let's look at, uh, maybe we won't be able to read Nehemiah because of the time. Nehemiah was a cup bearer. Okay? In Persia, former Persia Empire. So he was the cup bearer for King Ataxaxis, who ruled 127 provinces from Persia to India. Okay? So the king asked about Nehemiah's sad countenance. Nehemiah the Israelite explained to the king that I want to go and rebuild the city walls and gates of Jerusalem that are broken down. The king replied, How long will your journey be? So Nehemiah, in Nehemiah 2, 5-6, said, And I set him a time. He registered his request. How long a time did he ask for? So later in the account, Nehemiah asked for 12 years. Right? If a man asks his boss, may I go for two months leave of absence? It's understandable. But which boss will grant you a 12 years leave of absence because you want to go and build a broken down wall? Yet, the king agreed to Nehemiah's request. So from the reaction at the time he first received Hanani's report of the dire condition of the Jews in Jerusalem, through his willingness to risk his life asking for the king's permission to leave his position, and now to his request for an incredibly long leave of absence, more than a decade, Nehemiah exemplifies the character and heart of the Spirit of God. He would not be content until his people were taken care of. We see that example. He spent 12 years to go and make sure he rebuilt the world. So, the Holy Spirit will not be content until He has rebuilt the broken down walls all around you. He has rebuilt and remade you into the image that He wants you to do. Psalm 138, verse 8. Psalm 138, verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake. Praise the Lord. 138 verse 8. That which concerns you, the Lord will perfect it in Jesus' name. Amen. His mercy endure forever. That is the confidence we have that He will not abandon us as an abandoned project. Okay? In some part of the country I come from, we have a lot of abandoned projects because of politicians. Everybody will come and do their part, and then when they leave office, they reaward the contract, so they become abandoned projects, uncompleted. But God will not do that to any of us. If it took Nehemiah 12 years to go and rebuild the world of Jerusalem, if it takes God 40 years, 45 years, to make you into that image that He wants to make you, He will not abandon you halfway in Jesus' name. 
you know the way they say that the child that is good is the father's child. The one that is not good, they want to say is the mother's child. But in Christendom, we don't agree it's the mother's child. Because the father has the responsibility to bring up the child. But you know, a woman can be correcting a child over something for five, six, seven, ten times. And she will not give up. Are you with me? Yeah. In short, some of our mothers are such an expert. When they are going to beat Junior, they say, it will be well with you. You will do well. You will not lack. You will not be behind your mates. They are beating Junior and they are praying for him. Because they won't allow cause to come out of their mouth. Right? Even though Juno has done wrong, they have that patience to bring out the best in the child. And we know the best of us as parents cannot be compared to God. Right? God is a much better, perfect parent than any of us parents. So he also will go that length, whatever it takes, to make sure he brings out the best in you for his glory. Whatever program he needs to reprogram you, he will do it. He will complete the job of restoring your personality. The Gospel of Matthew reports that as many as touched Jesus was made whole. Matthew chapter 14 verse 36. As many as touched him were made thoroughly whole. And implored them that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Praise the Lord. So they just went and touched the edge of the garment and they were made whole. So much more, he come and live in you. How well will you be made whole? If touching his help of his government, as government make you whole, how much more him now living in you every moment of the day? That you'll be whole all the time. John indicates that a well of water of new life will bubble up inside of you. John chapter 4 verse 14. John chapter 4 verse 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Praise the Lord. So that is the sign that God has perfected his holiness in you. You will now be a spring of living water that is actually watering others. That is blessing others in many dimensions. Not just only for yourself. Because God has restored you to wholeness. It's when you are whole that you can have that fountain coming up. And it's a pure water. Not a dirty one. Not an impure one. That will be coming out from you. Praise the Lord. So by the direct action of the Holy Spirit. God will cause that well to burst open. So that rivers of the Spirit will flow out of your inner being. That flowing is designed to work a full restoration of the real you, the child of God that you have made you to be. Praise the Lord. Now, if we have done all of this and you have not accepted Christ into your life, you are still an enemy of God. None of this matters to you. None of this has any meaning for you. None of this will have any value for you. That is why we have come to the solemn moment whereby we are going to pray with you if you want to give your life to Christ. So that you can set your feet on that path towards holiness, towards completeness in every area of your life. So I want us to bow down our heads. I want us to bow down our heads and close our eyes. If there be anybody that wants to give his life to Christ, anybody that wants to give his life to Christ, please raise up your hand. But I just pray with you. If you want to bring, give your life to Christ, come to the solemn moment, so that God can begin the work of restoring you to that image that He wants. If you want to give your life to Christ, please raise up your hand, so that we can pray for praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, my sister. Thank you, my sister. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, my sister. We praise the Lord. Anyone, any other one, before we start praying? These ones are accepting Christ today. They will not go back to the world. They will not go back the way they are. They will not go back in any of the promises that God has packaged for them. 
Today is their day. That's why we pray the prayer that none of them will go back the same. So these ones are raising up their hands to glorify God. Indeed, God has brought them for a purpose. And today is the day that they have accepted Christ, a new beginning in their lives. Let us pray. Please close your eyes and bow down your head as we pray for these ones. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for these, your daughters that are giving their lives to you. Father, whatever it is, O Lord God, that you want to do in their life, this is the day they have submitted wholly for you to do it. Father, we pray, O Lord God, that you accept them. Even that the angels rejoice in heaven, we rejoice with them and we rejoice over them, O my Father. Accept these ones, O Lord God. Accept them fully into the fold of your children, O my Father. Accept them into the plan and purpose you have for them, O Lord God. All the years the locusts have eaten, all the cankerworm, the farming worm, the consuming locusts, everything that have wasted their years in the past when they were in the world. We pray, my Father, the God of a new beginning, for the former rain and the latter rain to be given to them this hour, this moment, so that they will have a complete restoration from all that they have lost while they were in the world in Jesus' name. Let their life reflect and manifest that newness you have given unto them. Let their life continue in the newness of your glory, O oh my Father. They will never look back. They will never go back to the world. And you have started with the prayers of making them holy. You will complete it by yourself because you are faithful to do it, O oh Lord God. There is nothing that can stop you from what you have decided to do. You will do it faithfully to the end. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. I rejoice with you, my sisters. And God will perfect His will in your life in Jesus' name. The other thing that I want us to do, I made that confession to you. Me past, I used to go forward whenever I hear a powerful sermon, maybe I missed it or not. But there is this special ability that God can give you as his child to listen to him. He gave it to Abimelech, king of Gera. He went to meet him in the dream and guided him in the right way. So we want to pray that prayer. If any of you here have that desire to live a holy life unto the Lord. And you want God to help you to live the holy life. I want us to make it fast. Just come forward and we'll pray for everybody together. Let us all rise on our feet. We are coming to the end of the service. If anyone wants to live a holy life unto the Lord and need me to join them just in prayer so that they can live that life, please quickly come to the front. Quickly come to the front. We are going to pray for everybody together. We are not going to pray each, each person. If you have that desire, you want to live a holy life. You want to live a holy life unto the Lord. And it's a struggle one way or the other. You desire, but it's a struggle. Every now and then you find yourself you are falling. Every now and then you find that, oh, maybe it's not happening the way you want it. You are disappointing God. God doesn't want you to continue to feel that way. He wants to have that relationship with you, whereby you have that conviction in your heart that I'm living for God and I'm being directed by God. Please come quickly. Come quickly. We are not going to pray for each person individually. I want the elders to come to their back and just stretch forth to them. And then we just pray that prayer once. Please come quickly. We are about to pray because our time is up. If you have that desire to live a holy life unto God and you want God to help you. Please, I want some of the elders to this side as well so that we have them properly covered. Some of the elders to this side. Okay. One person on that side. Okay. Braleko and Bra. Yeah, they are coming. Okay. I want to just pray for these ones. Whatever it will take God. Because nothing can stop God in what he desires to do. But it's our own choice sometimes that can prevent us from manifesting that grace and glory that he wants to show forth in our life. He won Abimelech. But if you will not heed what I'm telling you now, then the consequences you may face. Many times God can warn us, but we will not want to yield. Or because we are not adept at hearing the Spirit of God speak to us. Because we are not adept at listening to the voice of God, we may not be able to know that He is telling us concerning this. So let us just pray, elders, please pray for them, that God will grant them that grace, that special unction, that special desire to obey God to the letter. Whatsoever God asks them to do, however God sends them to do it, be it through a man of God, be it through a word in his word, the Bible, be it through 
even their dream, even being whatever means that God chose to relate with them, because he knew them more than any of us, that God himself will grant them the heart to be able to obey him, the heart to yield to him, the heart to be able to let go of anything and trust God to bring them to a life of holiness in him. Father, don't pass any one of this one by. They have submitted to you because they desire to live a holy life in you. They desire to live holy life unto you, O oh my Father. And you are the one that can do it, O oh Lord God. You are the one, none of us can. You are the one that can help us, O oh my Father. Lord, whatever it takes you to help them, do it, O oh my Father. Whatever it takes you to help them, O oh my Father, do it, O oh Lord God. Whatever it takes, O oh my Father, do it, O oh Holy Spirit. Do it, O oh King of Glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Father Lord, we thank these ones that have come to you. Behold, they are your children, O Lord. You said, ear have not heard, I have not seen. What you are packaged for them that are called by your name. For these special and chosen ones, O Lord God. Whatever we take them, O Lord God, to live a holy life unto you, grant unto them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Whichever dimension you want to lead their life, so that they can be useful to you to the end, O oh my Father. For you said we and our children, your own children you have chosen. Lord, they are meant for signs and wonders. Whatever it will take you to make these lives full of signs and wonders for you and for your glory. Do it, O oh my Father, in Jesus' name. From now on, they shall not be defeated by the devil. They shall not continue to sin, O oh my Father. For no child of God continues to sin. These ones are set free and they are set free forever. Whatever strength, whatever inner strength of spirit they require, O oh Lord God, whatever anointing of the spirit, whatever unction to function from the spirit, Grant unto them, O Lord God, that they will live all their lives in wholeness, O my Father, in soundness of mind, good health, O my Father, and richness of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. And all the time. Please return to your seats. Thank you so very much. God has done it. Let's just take a minute to reflect on our own lives. You've heard the word over the last 45 minutes. God has called each and every one of us to be holy. I want us, you and me, and every one of us here to reflect on our own lives. You don't know what's there in my life. I don't know what's there in your life. God knows. God knows. And God has called each and every one of us to be holy. If there is something that you are hiding, if there is something that I am hiding, now is the time to tell God, thank you Lord for talking to me today. He's given us a very basic, fundamental fact of life. Holiness. You and I need to be holy. If we are to see the face of God, you and I need to be holy. Do you listen to the Holy Spirit when he prompts you from committing a sin? Or do you push him down and say, no, I will do what I want to do. We have heard that holiness is God's changeless nature. Can you and I go ahead and say, Father, make me, give me that same changeless nature. We were sinners, but do we still keep sinning? Hasn't our salvation meant anything to us at all? Ask the Lord, do you need to be reprogrammed today? All you need to do is turn to the Lord. In Romans chapter 8 verse 1, it is written like this. 
there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Father God, we thank you, we praise you, Lord. Father God, you have once again told us in clear words, Lord, that you want us to be holy. That you want us to walk a life that is righteous. You want us to walk a life that is humble. You want us to walk a life that is in, with integrity. You want us to walk a life that is just like Jesus Christ. You want us to be the perfect person who you have created us to be. Father God, we look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is the only complete and perfect man. And he is our example. He is our role model. And you have given us these words this, this, this afternoon, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for those in our midst today who have given their life to you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will continue to be with them. Build them up. Minister unto them, Lord, Father. Father God, make a difference in their life. We thank you. We praise you. Father God, I thank you for every brother and sister who came here to reinforce his desire or her desire to live a holy life. Father God, I pray, Lord, that you energize them, Lord Father. You give them that way forward to accomplish that which you have called them out for, Lord Father. Father God, we pray for protection, that any time the devil puts something against them, your shield of protection will be around them, Lord. Father God, I pray for each and every one of us here, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that holiness shall be our watchword, Lord. Father God, I pray, Lord, that if we are not responding to you, Father God, discipline us, Lord, that we will respond. Yes, Lord, we do not want to go away from you. We want to see your face. Father God, we thank you for your... Our dear sir, brother who you have used this afternoon, Lord Father. And I pray, Lord, that you will continue to put thoughts into him that he can give us, Lord. Your words that he can bring to us, Lord Father. We pray, Lord, that multiple portions of your anointing be poured out upon him. That in days to come, you will use them mightily, Lord Father. We thank you for his family, Lord Father. And I pray, Lord, that your hand of blessing shall be upon him and his family, Lord. We thank you, we praise you. Father God, we commit the rest of this week into your hands, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you will guide us, guard us, guard our thoughts, guard our words, guard our actions, Lord Father, and keep us as persons fit to be called your children, Lord. We thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.